Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Shane, what billboard hit did we cover this time around? I'm not sure because you have my paperwork. Okay, sorry. You didn't have your intro. Yeah. <laughs> Normal Rayburn, unprepared as always. Looks like Free Mind by Tim's or Tams. How do you say that? I'd say Tim's. Okay. It's a newer artist, so I think that there's some room for uh, being wrong. So. What do you think about this one? This track reminds me a great deal of a modern day Miss Lauren Hill. Thames is proud of her Nigerian heritage in this track. Touching on the culture of soul, hip hop, and Nigerian inspirations, and somehow marrying them all together, while I will say it can be a bit repetitive, it's an easy listen for any day spent in the sand. Solid four for me. All right. I said that this song is both memorable and a vibe. Problem is, I'll be remembering the song and its vibe for the wrong reasons. The pitchy introduction is off-putting. The music's pretty unchanging throughout. The lyrics are religious, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, repetitious and flat-out don't make sense at times. Lastly, the song sounds like it becomes a different track altogether, about four-fifths of the way through its playtime, but instead of becoming something more enjoyable, it manages to get even more cringy and basic. I don't want to sound too harsh here because there's a chill mood to this track, which I am on board with, but so many of its elements fail to connect and I'm left at three stars out of five. Not something I want to listen to again, though I can appreciate why some people dig it. We get it. You worship Satan. Roll the intro. Speaking of worshiping Satan. Uh, <laughs> yes, do continue. Should we move on to this very pagan artist of yes. ours? Yes. I mentioned at the outset that neither one of these artists had a top 10 vote. They're not in our jam jar. No, they're so. not. This is all you all day, bro. Yeah, this is this is weird. This is my, <laughs> this my is weird, weird foreign stuff. I love that you are so uh, self-deprecating right from the start. It's fantasy. Yes, you know, it this is. This is fantasy music. It is very much fantasy music. So, uh, where, well, are we, I don't, where are we starting? So, the first artist we covered was Blackmore's Night. And the first album we covered by Blackmore's Night is Under a Violet Moon from 1999. This was my middle album. Agreed. I gave it five fives out of 16 tracks. 10. My top track was Now and Then. Also agreed. And my bottom track was March the Hero's Home. Avalon. Yeah. Though I get. I get your bottom track. Recently, I visited Scarborough Fair for the millionth time, and this, my friends, is the absolute vibe. Between Blackmore's guitar and Knight's angelic vocals, this is exactly the type of serenity I'm looking for to add to my Renaissance experience. Blackmore, as Shane probably knows, hails from the legendary bands Deep Purple and Rainbow, and who later married a vocalist, Candace Knight, in 1997, Thus, Blackmore's Night was created. What did you think about it, Shane? Rainbow and Deep Purple's Richie Blackmore magics his easily recognizable style throughout this Renaissance guitar affair, alongside an angelic female vocal, creating what may be, apart from some of Hart's early music, the most accessible gypsy folk outfit I've ever heard. Uh, plenty of the vocals feel too trite or one note and the sound does wear out its welcome too soon, much like a lullaby, but the concept lands mesmerizingly more often than not. 
I love that you referenced Hart because on who I think that they sound like, it was a mixture of Simon and Garfunkel, Jewel, Celtic Women, Hart, and Stay in Your, your Chair, Shane, ABBA. See, I tried to tell you this recently. I don't know a lot of ABBA. I know. And just everything I heard is like disco pop off-putting. We're, we're, we're going to get into it. Maybe. More to come on that later. The next album that we covered by Blackmore's Night was Fires at Midnight from 2001. This was my top album. I agree. I gave it seven fives out of 16 tracks. 11. My top track was Again Someday. Hanging Tree. And my bottom track was Waiting for You. Crowning of the King. While the previous album had hints of a simple song structure, this album has had a much easier time to stick sticking to it. Hate on the basicness of this comment, but to me, their quote-unquote mainstreamness of this album is some of their best so far. Again, hate on it if you want. This album is good for you if you want to go down the rabbit hole, but you're a Blackmore's Night virgin. Plus, any excuse I have to bring more of Blackmore's guitar skills to light is a win in my book. Yeah, for me, uh, Candace Knight's influence may drag this album too far into Lindsey Buckingham's pop territory at times, but I do think she and Blackmore were in tune with one another in a much more splendid way here than on Violet Moon. It's still plagued by the same middling types of tracks found on Violet Moon, but the melodies put in more collaborative and haunting work this time around. Next album that we covered was Ghost of a Rose from 2003. By the way, before I get into it, I just want to comment. This was probably my favorite album cover of all the albums that we... Yeah, it's memorable. Yeah. As you can already figure out, this was my bottom album. I agree. I gave it two fives out of 15 tracks. Five. My top track was Diamonds and Rust. Agreed. And my bottom track was Queen for a Day, part all, two. All for one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I get it again. Bottom tracks, I'm completely understanding Yeah. with I this mean, artist. Top tracks, we've had the same top track on two out of three two, albums. Yeah. That's not bad. This Celtic folk rock gets a little more experimental with the use of different instruments and inspirations. There's not really much bad that I can say here. If I had to comment on something, I would comment on the desire for less repetition and slowing it down. Those two things might have crossed my mind. This is an odd one. It contains a few of the group's strongest fives and doesn't stick to the formulaic over-reliance on traditional reworks, but it also feels weaker on the whole, more repetitious and more insistent on the bombast of Renaissance. But it really does shine in places, mostly the more atmospheric ones. I could see a few more songs growing on me, but not enough to change my feelings about this being the least impressive of what we heard in terms of a total package. Mm. Yeah, for me, Ghost of a Rose, it was like, it was good. But it wasn't anything sensational coming off of Fires at Midnight Yeah, when I thoroughly enjoyed my listen and I was not, I honestly was surprised. Like when I started uh, Under the Violet Moon, under under a Violet Moon, I was just like, okay. Can I point out, by the way, that every time either of us says violet, it, it sounds, sounds like, like we're saying violent. violent. Yeah. yeah, I realized that too. <laughs> I was like, wait, is Shane saying violent and I'm saying violet? Like what? what's it's, happening? It's like, uh, like purple. Like yeah. <laughs> the flower, Violet. <laughs> yes. Um, but I had no experience with Blackmore's Night. I knew that, again, and I say this over and over and over again, I knew that this was one of your artists. I hadn't taken a deep dive, but I'm glad I did because there, there's much to be had here that I can enjoy, especially someone that enjoys the Celtic inspirations, the, the Renaissance sounds. So I think I just have to be in the right mood for it. And this month I was. Yeah, I agree. 
I think this season I'm starting to realize that, I mean, we talked about this recently too. When you go to pick artists back-to-back verses, you want to mix it up stylistically. Yeah. So that's what I try to do. And I try to lean into the stranger, maybe expand some minds sort of things. Yeah. But I mean, this is, a lot of these bands aren't necessarily what I would put in like my top 10 artists of all time. So this is quote unquote weird even for you. Yeah. Like this would be your, your out one of your out of the box artists that you could understand people not getting on board. Yeah. And it's not something that you listen to often. I mean, I know I make fun of you about the Taylor Swift thing, but like I would say Taylor Swift's probably in your top 50 cycled artists. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with your son and his love and appreciation for that artist as well. But yeah, this is not one of the ones that, that you would put in your shuffle mix. I mean, it, they they are there. Oh, they, like well, Diamonds and Rust, I could listen to all but, the time. It's a cover, but... But don't you have all like all of your music on shuffle? Yeah. Like a list? Okay. So they're in that list. They're in there. Okay. Now, they may not be there with like 50 songs, you know, but oh, they're yeah. there. Oh, that, was that a knock at, at my ABBA? Uh, it might have been. Okay. <laughs> uh, music videos, I wanted to mention that I feel like the official live video for Under a Violet Moon uh, will let you know whether or not this group is up your alley. So it kind of tracks with what we're talking about here. I'd recommend the artist to Stevie Nicks fans. Totally. I mean, if you dig that whole White Witch totally. magic thing, hey, you're going you're gonna to love this music. Up? And the music makes me feel like I'm at a Renaissance fair after dark. Awesome. Because how the music makes me feel is like I'm traveling the world on foot. Hope you got some comfortable shoes. I mean, I hope so too. But uh, that's all I have to say about Blackmore's Night. It was really hard to try to find any information on them, Shane. I, I hate when people do that shit. That's all I had to say. I'm going to keep okay, talking. I'll... I don't have facts. That's basically the the long and short of it. So if you have anything you want to say to let people know who they are, where they came from, I, my ears are open. So I'll end with my notes spiel. Okay. Uh, this is one of those groups I love knowing, but can only take in small doses, much like Christmas music, which since we're here, they also have a pretty stellar holiday album floating around. I'd highly recommend this group because of their winners and their unique flair. Just don't go into the listen believing that Renaissance will suddenly seem less derivative of its roots in a way that makes it addictively listenable. Blackmore and Knight are a dreamy match, but the dream they weave doesn't fit most moods I'm routinely in. That sounds like a knock right there at the beginning of an artist that I really dig. (laughs) Anyway, shall we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. So, Shane, you got the luxury of choosing all of the subjects for our top lists. What was this month's list? The best lengthy songs. Length. Which which my rule was seven minutes plus. Okay. Well, I mean, I stayed pretty close to that. I think the shortest one was about uh, six minutes and 40 something seconds. Nice. Anyway, should I tell my story? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So my story... Hey, Rayburn, why don't you tell us your story? Oh, thanks. So my pick is Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd, which I'm sure you can appreciate because I'm pretty sure that was the your pick on another list. Don't quote me. Um, I bet it's stoner songs because I remember, I remember making you turn off some bullshit you were playing when we were in a hot tub once and making you turn on this song. That's, yeah. It's parts one through five, right? Yes. Thankfully, if it were not because of a sheer stroke of luck 48 hours ago, I would be sitting here today telling you that 
As of recording, it would mark day 80 of my unemployment. Though the last 80 days has been an ongoing struggle to remain positive, keep both my mental health and self-esteem somewhat intact, I've realized that while I never got the closure that I deserved from my last employer, it taught me a lot about my self-worth. Don't get me wrong, though I still may cry about some of the career choices I have willingly and unwillingly taken, it's because of music like this that I am able to pick myself up, dust myself off, and try again, hopefully for a last time. Now, go on and shine on you crazy diamonds. Did I get that right? What do you mean? You like... You go from job to job real hoping that like it's the last one. Like, are you trying to take a job only on the grounds I... that it might be your last one? I'm going to check my phone because it's blowing the fuck up. I have no idea. That's fine. Of course. I don't want to have to deal with no job security. That is one of the worst things about being unemployed. And every time that I am unexpectedly laid off, not it, not that it has anything to do with my performance, it really, really does something to my self-esteem because I, and it, I essentially feel like I have to start all over again. And then the whole fact that you didn't get a degree or technically you don't have any educational qualifications to do this job, really, I feel the uh, resistance to what I'm trying to do. And it just makes me look in the mirror and be and question my self-worth all the time. Yeah, I think a lot of people could relate. It sucks. So. It sucks being a millennial and being told, if you just go to college and you just get this degree and do all these things, you're going to have like the most successful life. And then lo and behold, even whether or not you have a degree or not, that's it. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. All it matters is your work ethic and your ability to expand yourself, whether it be going to school and getting that degree or just simply putting in the extra work and doing it yourself. And unfortunately, I'm a part of the latter. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> got nothing to add to that. Okay. I could go down a rabbit hole, but uh, what? Everything good? With what? Your phone's blown up. Everything's yeah, good? everything's okay. fine. Okay. And sometimes I don't, I'm trying not to be a dick because we're on tape. It's like, well, the only people that are going to hear it is you. Yeah, I could cut it technically. But if you text, text your whole fucking thought out at once. <laughs> don't send me a sentence. Send me another sentence. Send me another sentence. I hate that. Oh, my God. Like, I, there's nothing worse when you're sitting in a room full of people and feel like you got vibrating panties in your pocket or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Because like, phone. That's an idea. Vroom. Just kidding. Maybe. Maybe. So my pick for best lengthy songs was Tempest or Seven Impest. I know it's Tempest, mm -hmm. whatever, by Tool. Uh, while I have nothing against Tool, I've not made my reputation as the world's biggest fan. In the realm of Maynard, I'm much more likely to turn on Pussifer or A Perfect Circle than I am Tool. But I've been surrounded by massive Tool fans throughout the course of my life, whether it's a cousin who wouldn't stop playing Schism when we'd go cruising, a girl I knew who couldn't resist fucking to their music, or my would-be brother-in-laws arguing the finer points at me about why the group blows nearly everything else out of the water. Tool has been a constant, in spite of my lukewarm love of their tunes. So when the Fear Inoculum album dropped after that 13-year hiatus, I kept hearing mostly negative feedback about the disc, and this made it a foregone conclusion that I wasn't going to dig it. But when I finally sat down with the music, it was Tempest which blew me away more than any other Tool song ever has. I gladly can and routinely do listen to this almost 16-minute long track in its entirety. 
usually while working my way into an awesome flow state. Feels like I've also taken a major life lesson away from the song's lyrics as well. They've taught me to start looking at certain personalities not as states of matter, but more like seasonal weather patterns or occasional weather disasters. This has allowed me to overcome my struggle with understanding people I'd otherwise been unable to, as they can only fight their natures to a certain degree. In essence, a tempest must be just that. This notion has left me with a greater ability to enjoy the company of people I love who are prone to hurting those around them in their worst moments. Easily one of the greatest songs ever composed. Well, I think I know a couple people like that. So, yeah. And I do love those people. Yeah. It, it It's them. really, most people, you get this ebb and flow of like, mm-hmm. it, it can be difficult to love you at times. Mm-hmm. Some people, they really hit the gas real hard on that. It's hard to love me right now. And yep. I'm I'm glad to be at peace with it finally. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm learning. I, now, w- I don't want to do people like I did my dad. You know, my dad, there's a reason for like my yeah. not dealing with him, my not, you know, having him be part of my life. Everybody else, I like to be a forgiving person and move forward. I don't want to hold grudges and be a dick or. Well, watching you sort of navigate relationships being the um, the more mature out of the two of us, it's age, but I'm calling <laughs> you old. Anyway, <laughs> being able to watch you do it kind of gave me hope that I can set those um, healthy boundaries and not have to cut anybody out of my life and just take it for what it is and ultimately at the end of the day decide what you will or will not allow and the levels of things that you will or will not allow within your safe space and within the people the people within it so watching you be able to do it and be like yeah if I were thinking back, if I were you, I'd, I don't know that I would be able to talk to these people anymore. But now that I'm older, I realize that there is a level that you can set for yourself. And whether or not those people respect it is up to them. But at least then you can control how they make you feel as opposed to um, whether stopping them from making you feel that way to begin with. Yeah, you know? it's real. It's really easy to think. I can just cut this person out of my life yeah. and be a little more at peace. Problem is it doesn't tend to work like that. And you mm-hmm. end up cutting other people out yeah. by just by, uh, you know, association. So the thing is, like, and I know a handful of people who were on that train who did cut and cut and cut people as they yeah. got burned, you know, one after the other. And those people end up really lonely. Yeah. And so I've, I've come to accept that that safe space you think you're going to build for a life, it doesn't really exist. It's kind of just a, you know, this thing we hope for and have in our heads. You can do, like, you can step away for a yeah. while, but you're never going to have that safe space. Yeah. Uh, the people are going to treat you like shit in this world. Yeah. Anyway, that's a good break. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. People are going to treat you like shit in this world, but it's a matter of how much shit you're willing to take and who you're willing to take it from. Well, I just want to point out, too, before we go, I'm no fucking angel. No, I have, you're not. I have accidentally treated people like shit. I've done it on purpose a time or two as well. And sometimes you, you get to feeling a little self-righteous and you overstep and you think mm-hmm. you're in the right but with time, even if you were in the right, it's probably not the right way to approach it. Like I'm I'm guilty of these things as well. Mm-hmm. And I've burned plenty of bridges myself. So st- I hope none of this comes across as that, as like we're holier than thou, because I don't feel that no, way at all. I'm still not over the fact that you said you called me bitch in one of the episodes. <laughs> I actually <laughs> sent you the clip while I was you editing did. the audio. You did. Oh, I'm you- sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. <laughs> I laughed so hard because I didn't even I didn't even catch it, but I love that you apologized under your breath <laughs> into the mic. Oh shit. All right. Well let's go talk about Blind Guardian. All right. Blind Guardian. 
So the first album that we covered by Blind Guardian is Somewhere Far Beyond from 1992. This was my top album. This was my bottom album. Great start. Here we go. So just in case you're new, which most people probably are to these two artists, we've gone from Renaissance folk. Now we are in like Tolkien metal from Germany. power metal. Yes. Yeah. I gave it three fives out of ten tracks. Seven. My top track was The Quest for Tanalorn. Okay. Sorry, I say that with with a question because I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but The Quest for Tanalorn. Great song. Uh, I went with the Bard song in the forest. As much as I hate to be that guy, yeah. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, we know you're that guy. And my bottom track was The Piper's Calling. Agreed. This German fantasy metal offers the sickest of acoustic and electric guitar solos. While vocals carry hints of James Hetfield from Metallica, they really do make it all their own. There is a constant epicness to this album throughout. In a way, it makes me feel like they're battling for ownership of their own souls. I like what you did there. You're welcome. What I wrote was, this is what you get if early Metallica went full Lord of the Rings. It's often too meandering. Thrash forward and fantastical for being what I'd routinely listen to, but I do still take a great deal of pleasure in hearing much of this on occasion. It's got amazing guitar work and adopts Queensryche's more dire tonalities, uh, but the lyrical randomness can be somewhat off-putting. I don't even care that it was your bottom album. I feel validated. So moving on. I mean, 7.5 is pretty good. Moving on to Imaginations from the Other Side from 1995. This was my middle album. Agreed. I gave it two fives out of nine tracks. Eight. Ooh, so close. My top track was the script for my Requiem. That was actually my bottom track. (laughs) This is my only four, the thing that kept this from being a perfect album. My uh, top track, I'm always torn between the title track, Bright Eyes, and, and the story ends. Well, on that note, here we are, my bottom track being the title track, Imaginations from the Other Side. I mean, that's kind of a... That's a good compliment. Like, if, if you were on the fence about something to listen to, go listen to it, I guess. Yeah. Because I thought it was near perfect, and Rayburn loved what I didn't so much love. Vocals are a little less harmonic here, but they still remain to tell the story. Even if it seems a little lackluster in comparison to the last album, for me, I will note it is a little bit darker than what we may have heard our last go around. Yeah, while Thrash takes a backseat here and the melodic angst of an outfit like Queensryche is often ridiculously good, I don't think this disc is any more or less lyrically cohesive than Somewhere Far Beyond. An evolution nonetheless, though, if only because some of these fives are truly and unforgettably epic. Next album that we covered was Nightfall in Middle Earth from 1998. This was my bottom album. Top. I gave it four fives out of 22 tracks. Twelve. My top track was Noldar, Dead Winter Reigns. It's Nightfall. It was life-changing for me. Introduced me to like three or four different kinds of music I didn't like up until then, so. Can you guess what my bottom track is? No. All the skits. All of them? I mean, there were some that were better than others, but I just, I, I couldn't decide. I just felt that, again, we didn't have to reserve a whole track and making the album 22 tracks long you know i I don't i don't mind a little a little breakup every so often but we we got a lot here so i went with the minstrel that's that's m-i-n-s-t-r-e-l not minstrel i'm not talking about periods okay (laughs) this is not that type of podcast 
While the skits were obviously not my favorite, especially, like I said, on a 22-track album, I have to praise their quality of performance. It is very much a Trans-Siberian meets Eurovision. Don't get it twisted, though. I may not have been a fan of the skits here, but I appreciate their vision to tell a story and staying true to it. What? Don't look at me like that. What did I do? I just thought you were going to talk shit because I had to change pages. No, I was just waiting. This was always going to be a difficult disc for me to review. On one hand, it is my absolute favorite concept album of all time, following J.R.R. Tolkien's War of the Jewels story from the Silmarillion beautifully, and it manages encapsulating the feel of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies years ahead of their existence. On the other hand, the album is littered with skits, and even though none of them are the waste of space you'll find on most skit-heavy discs, they do drag the average, and I get why some people would see them as unnecessary, Rayburn. Hi. Instead of the plot-advancing devices they tend to be, still, absent the skits, all of which I rated a 4 or better, by the way, the 12 songs to be found on this LP garnered a perfect rating. So every song that was a full song got a 5 from me. What did you rate the skits, on average, just looking Fours. at Fours. Okay, I rated I'll, none, I'll of them, none of them under a 4. And the songs genuinely make much of the rest of Blind Guardian's work feel like the anything but simple working up to of what you find here. It's heavily melodic, fantasy metal, yes, but it's categorically better than most anything else I've heard in that genre. It's seriously niche, yet somehow still accessible. It's mockably theatrical, but just too good to ignore, and I imagine I'll live out the rest of my days listening to new music, but never hearing anything quite like this again. I will agree. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> I, I agree with the last statement, but I'm, that's not because it's bad. I think that the whole... I guess the fantasy music subgenre is dwindling a little bit. Like, there are definitely tons of artists who do this. And I mean, you, you can go back. I know, but none of them, we, we never hear. We never hear of anybody. Like, it's never going to come into the mainstream. Yeah, probably not. So that's what I'm saying is we don't know what's out there because unless you really go digging for it, which now I'm pretty sure uh, because of all the music that we've covered, it's going to be like a, a love letter to J.R.R. Tolkien in yeah. my Spotify, uh, which I'm not mad at, but it they'll never they'll never be brought into the mainstream. And if they do, I'm clapping. Speaking of, music makes me feel like Tolkien civilizations discovered electric instruments and I get to hear the outcome. So... A couple of facts, which again, didn't find a lot. Didn't find a lot. Uh, they are a German power metal band formed in 1984. They're known as being one of the most influential bands in the power metal genre. And they even released demos under the name Lucifer's Heritage. And early on in their career, they covered uh, Beach Boy's Barbara Ann. Oh my God. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Go listen to it. I have to listen to it now. And on one of the earlier discs, they have a song called Lord of the Rings, which is really good, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of their early music's really good, but they do go from thrash to like this uh, more Rhapsody sound. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't listen to this group nearly as much as I used to, but much as with Nightwish, they hold a very unique place in my musical heart. Part of the thrill of this group's sound is realizing how much more music as a medium is capable of than the popular genres tend to do more than hint at on occasion. And guitar fans are in for a definite treat with Blind Guardian. Their sound is blistering and bombastic, but only half of the time. The rest of the time, they're folksy and flighty, hence why I wanted them paired against mm -hmm. Blackmore's Night. And that combination just might be something you'll wish you'd discovered sooner. My last question to you about this whole thing before we find out who won for you this month 
is, did you or did you not get the vibe that Kevin from... You just whip out a Kevin out of nowhere. What is the name of the show that we like? The... Oh, F is for family? This is Wizard Rock? This <laughs> yeah. is... Ex- oh, yeah. Both of these artists, Kevin from that show. He'd love. Would love. So this is this is his month. And for those I'm of you convinced. who aren't there, take uh, what, season four of Stranger Things, like that group that plays D&D. The D&D? Yeah, the, the Hellfire Club. Yeah, and does, you know, Metallica. Hell and the, yeah. Yeah, they would, they'd be about this music yeah. for sure. So winner? So my winner for this month had to be Blackmore's Night, like pretty significantly, like by a whole point. So Blackmore's Night had six more tracks blind guardian even though blind guardian had that ton of skits uh still blind guardian won this for me by one five they had 27 blackmore's night had 26 yeah it was blind guardian for me well my fives weren't close but i'd be lying if i said that blind guardians uh last album didn't hurt them with the number of skits and i rated them low so yeah you know i've been trying to tell you for a long time that it'll It'll get you. I know, but I do stand firm <laughs> in in my uh, in my winner. I do feel that I will be listening to more Blackmore's Night. I get Blind that Guardian, completely. So witchy, witchy, witchy shit, man. Yeah, it Come totally on. is. So, and there's a lot more music by both of these groups that we have to listen to in the future. So look forward to that. All right. Well, it's been fun, Shane. Uh, but I'm gonna close her out here. You're going to uh, try if I can as, find the paper. As you shuffle through your papers, which I wonder if I can do it uh, by memory. You can't. I can't. The <laughs> lack of faith is disturbing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Hit up our Spotify playlist. Visit our merch shop. Share our show with your friends, if you have any. Come find us on social media and let us know what you think. Subscribe for bonus content. And until next time, fill your world with music. And definitely go enjoy that wizard rock, wizard metal, witchy shit. And if you hear the background noise in this episode, please thank Gage for sitting in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a we had a guest in, in the studio uh, who was just observing us. So, uh, yeah, we'll blame it on Gage. Farewell, folks. Farewell, folks.